Hello, friend, and good night, and welcome to the Trenton 365 Show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. It is a little bit early. We're doing it tonight, but we are here live over WING 1300, as we are every Tuesday night. You can follow the Trenton 365 Show on social media at Trenton 365. WING is also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WING 1300. If you're watching, it's over WPHY, Channel 25, covering Mercer County, New Jersey, through Verizon Fios. And please make sure that you share this content and uh, these interviews, etc., with other people so that we can continue to grow this audience and continue to expand the idea behind civic engagement as a way to build a better community. Tonight's program is something that is, is at the forefront of my brain. It is something that I'm trying to digest and trying my best to figure out, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to bring my friend Preston Hall into the studio. Preston is one of the advocates for the hemp plant, a cannabis plant, and we're going to be talking about all the details about that. I'm sure it'll be an educational opportunity for several folks who are misunderstood about what hemp is in comparison to cannabis. We're also going to throw around some terminology like CBD, kind of, kind of, kind of, we'll, we'll get into that. CBD, THC, uh, uh, cannabis. Cannibal. Yeah. yeah, we'll get into all that. Oh, yeah. But anyway, I'm, I'm learning about this mainly because for me, this is the next largest marketplace uh, here in the United States and probably globally. Um, there are estimates that the cannabis industry is going to be about a $50 billion industry within 10 years. And that's a B, $50 billion. The hemp industry is even larger than that. So we're going to get into the meat and potatoes about that, again, with one of the foremost um, experts that I know on the hemp product, and that's Preston Hall. So without any further ado, Preston, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, Jacques. This is awesome. It's actually a pleasure for me, I mean, because I, I know we've, we've been in a couple of different meetings together and a couple of events talking about things. In, in our short, brief conversations, I've always been uh, surprised by the amount of knowledge that you have about this plant and also how amazing this plant that is God-given to the earth is so amazing, but all the politics and all the different things that are around this. So I just want to make sure that we take this opportunity to share what someone like yourself knows with people who probably don't know much about it at all. Great. And I'm sure I'm learning new things every day. So, All right. Great. So let's start with sharing a bit about who Preston Hall is and share your contact information so people can get in contact with you. Great. So on Instagram, underscore Preston Hall, and my company, Cannabates, C-A-N-N-A-B-A-T-E-S. What we do is we help save you money on cannabis products. So this industry has been really expensive. And what we, the reason we got into this was back in 2015, these products were very expensive because, of the, because we had to import mostly in the United States. Hemp has three main applications, therapeutic, industrial, and nutritional. Nutritional, we were importing from Canada, and industrial, we were importing from China. So the textile industry is booming in China, Eastern Europe as well, and then in the, on the nutritional play coming in over the border from Canada. So at least we were a little bit closer in that regards. So when you look at hemp seeds in general and versus flax seeds, chia seeds... Well, you know, let me back up. Sure. And maybe I could, uh, we could formulate this a little differently. Sure. Um, start with the basis. What is the hemp plant? And, and I don't want you to go down the, the, the road of, of, the, of the cannabis and the THC yet. Right. But just talk about the hemp plant, um, how, like some of the background about this plant, how awesome it is, how okay. it was, you were forced to grow it if you were a farmer for many years here in America, and also where we are currently with the product in New Jersey. Sure. So cannabis is just like grapes. Like I say, like there's red grapes and white grapes. So you have hemp and marijuana. They're cousins or nephews and nephews. So uh, different uh, molecular bio, molecular makeup. The main difference is it's a low THC content, 0.3 percent or less in the United States. And in the late in the early 20s and 30s, you had popular mechanics touting this plant as a multi-billion dollar industry and that was back in those times before the before world war ii and what happened was there was business and business leaders who saw this and it was being threatened it was threatening their model mostly the wood industry and then the around the same time the nylon industry too so what they did was because there's minimal distribution outlets they put out fake news and this fake news caught on across the country got into 
the legislature and which is why there's prohibition for decades now other countries saw the benefit of it and they moved forward with production Special, and Canada and China have 10, 15 years head start on us and Eastern Europe's been growing for 20 years and so this plan is being embraced differently across the country across the world the United States is starting to come on board and most recently in 2014 that was the first federal piece of legislation that approved it growing the 2014 Farm Bill approved research programs. These research programs had to have university oversight. Now, the states could come in and make their own legislation. Thus, Oregon and Colorado, which legalized it and had a little bit of different terminology. Other states across the country that didn't have a certain program set up had to, match, had to pass legislation to match the federal program. Uh, bear with me. So mm-hmm. basically, the if you look at if you look at the program, hemp was going to become legal first. So if you're looking for trends and another one of those, that's how I saw hemp. Hemp was another one of those. Another Windows ninety five introduction of the iPod, iPhone. It's one of those things where if you don't, if everyone doesn't understand it, it's a good idea to start learning about it mm-hmm. because. There's a lot of assumptions and a lot of negativity around it, but there's a couple good highlights. You want to explore those good highlights and take the time, take the years to explore it, because most likely there is something to it. Just because the government says it's negative, just because the government puts it on a Schedule 1 listing, doesn't mean that's the truth. That's, mm-hmm. It was incorrect. Now, the 2018 Farm Bill removed it from Schedule 1 status, which is huge. Now we can start now research on the pharmaceutical level the the research funding can now access this because schedule 1 was permitting the research funding to explore it further mm-hmm. so that's the big deal about the 2018 farm bill now the 18 what the 18 farm bill did was deem it another agricultural commodity mm-hmm. an agricultural commodity for those who don't know is something like corn wheat soybeans something that's grown by farmers on outside on a mass scale and now the most important word in this 18 farm bill is called a derivative and a derivative is something that comes from the plant the 2014 farm bill was a lot you to really understand you had to have a lawyer explain it to you there's a lot of the wording wasn't the greatest they were just very vague just trying to get this out there and introduce it kind of now with the 18 bill it's derivatives which means extracts is the most important that's most popular nowadays the cbds but that also means the flowers the herd just it it's go time essentially mm-hmm. <clears throat> now i know one of the questions that several people have about hemp and cannabis because sometimes people think about them collectively the same is um the uh the psychoactive effects of eating it or smoking it can you just share a little bit about what the difference is sure uh thc has a lot of euphoric what people say intoxicating effects you feel high off of it now cannabidiol cbd has that's just one of now, THC and CBD are what are called cannabinoids. These are little molecules in a vast family of cannabinoids. Cannabinoids, there are, there are there's some numbers around 100-plus cannabinoids that we know of, and there's other molecules. These molecules still need to be discovered. And what, T, what CBD has a good effect on is the, anti-inf- the inflammation aspects. Now can't make any medical claims i'm not saying this is a cure but of course we see in mainstream there's a lot of patients and a lot of consumers are getting results using it for different applications C- cbd is how should i say it it's going it's it's another tool in your arsenal to manage whatever you're trying to accomplish and it has it acts on the two different receptors cb1 and cb2 and it's the inflammate most inflammation is a result is a ripple effect of what chronic condition someone's experiencing if you can cut out the inflammation most likely you're going to cut out the ripple effects and these pharmaceutical medications are trying to 
attack and and fix the ripple effects of the inflammation. Now, if you can go after the inflammation, most likely you're going to use less and less other synthetic options that are currently on the market. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I want to jump in there just like from what you've heard and, and the way you've explained it, I just want to make sure that uh, I can kind of articulate it to a way where it's just kind of basic for the average person. Um, if someone has a medical condition, let's just say arthritis, right? Arthritis, generally, the medication it is that is prescribed will treat the symptom of the arthritis. Maybe the, the fact that you can't walk now or you have some discomfort in, in your joints, et cetera. Whereas the CBD could actually uh, address that inflammation prior to, I guess, it, it getting worse. Is that, is that what you're saying? Low, yeah, your your inflammations might become lower, and then your say if you're trying to use it for arthritis, may, then your your the pain from that is most would probably most likely go down. Okay. Now this is just one molecule, and to get the most out of, and there's no one silver bullet either. Mm-hmm. So, what is recommended is you try to use a lot of these mol- cannabinoids together, a lot of these molecules. So there's products on the market called CBD. Um, CBD gummies. This is one molecule that you're consuming. Now, there's other ones called hemp hemp extract oil. And an extract oil is going to be the oil with a robust profile of cannabinoids. This could be CBG, trace amounts of THC, CBD, a lot of these little um, three-letter acronyms. Uh, those. So when you bring all these different molecules together in your body, you're going to might see a more profound effect because you have these molecules binding together and coming together like puzzle pieces to interact in your body instead of just one little puzzle piece flying around inside of you. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's different delivery methods for this as well. Delivery method is a way you consume it. It could be edibles, which is edibles, tinctures. A tincture comes in a little dropper bottle where you put it underneath your tongue and let it go in under bioabsorbed that way. There could be smoking it as well, and topical, rubbing it on. There's a lot of people who don't like to smoke, and I totally understand that too. So maybe rubbing it on the, the spot of the, the pain or where the discomfort is coming from, that could be an option. So the biggest X factors when people are trying these products out is your delivery method and your milligram dosing. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna be an expensive trial and error but everyone's made up differently, and that's why integrative medicine has become so popular. It's a lot. Integrative medicine is like a lifestyle change and using natural alternatives instead of synthetic um, pharmaceutical options. So, everyone out there, that's the different ways you can use CBD. So you're gonna have to start experimenting, mm-hmm. and just go low and slow mm-hmm. is usually the recommendation. Low milligrams, different delivery methods and see which one works best for you. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, while I'm traveling and I'm sharing this with people, some of the concerns that people have, and I'm sure it's because of the misinformation, is what is legal, what is illegal, where should you purchase it from, how do you know um, the quality, etc. cetera. And um, I, I, again, I know that you're not a doctor, and I want folks to know that uh, Preston Hall is not a doctor. Um, but he is a hemp enthusiast and he's an advocate, so he's sharing the information that he has. But I do know that some people have concerns about that, and uh, I want them to, to know and to be clear that you're not prescribing anyone to do anything. But I'd like for you to talk a bit about um, the CBD, um, where it, it can be found, um, some, if you know anything that you can share about uh, the quality of it, or um, where you think people should start their research. So, legality-wise, you have to look at whatever state you're visiting. Certain states are not permitting certain delivery methods. Like, New York City is banned in a establishment drink, consuming it in, like, a drink form. Um, if, you're, if you're purchasing it, hemp flour is starting to become popular and this is similar very similar looking to marijuana nugs and flour as well and people are being arrested for carrying hemp flour 
when the police think you're carrying marijuana. These flowers look very similar and they smell just, they smell exactly like marijuana sometimes. So, and it, and the police are just doing their job. And when it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, they're just going to arrest you and say, figure it out in the court and the law system. Now, if you're going to be carrying flowers specifically, I recommend in the, in the case, in the, in the packaging you originally purchased it from, maybe a receipt as well. Um, legally, you're, you should be protected, but there are still states out there and there's still instances where people are getting arrested for the flower possession. The tincture form and the capsule forms, there's less, there should be less problems, but even in Disney World, we saw a grandmother get arrested for carrying uh, tincture or capsules in Disney World. And she, you know, so these, you gotta, it's tough. Um, just maybe try to be discreet when consuming it. Mm-hmm. But what, yeah. it, what it comes down to is that um, the laws vary per state. So um, regarding um, CBD or cannabis use, if that's the road that you're going, just check your local laws. The 18 Farm Bill explicitly states a derivative, and that is the flower form, the tincture form, and all that. Yes, the, the 18 Farm Bill legally has legalized this nationwide, but then you have states that make their own decisions on how to proceed with this. Some states are not permitting businesses to sell it. As a, as a person carrying it, you really shouldn't have a problem, especially here on the East Coast, but there's now laws are starting to come out with... Um, I know North Carolina is starting to think about banning smokable flour. Mm-hmm. So this is still the Wild West. Um, there's still... Smoke is still up in the air about this. It's unfortunate, but that's part of a new revolution dis- disrupting industry. A lot of, There's a lot. And also, the 18 Farm Bill impacted about 20 different federal, federal um, agencies. FDA, the post office. A lot of... This really impacted a lot of different things, and we're st- even with New- in New Jersey specifically, we're still waiting on the USDA to approve our program so we can move forward with growing. Yes, it legalized it, but we still need to go. There's still procedures that need to go forward with. So, so I've got in the studio with me Preston Hall. Um, he is, as you can see if you're watching on TV, he's a hemp hustler. And we're going to be talking more about the plant hemp, and we're going to get into a bit more about the usages of it and the history as well, some of which that I was blown away by when I started doing my research. So the impetus behind this, again, is to get as much information out to you as possible to um, encourage you to do more research and to find out for yourself um, what's going on, um, not only locally, but also nationally and internationally regarding these forthcoming marketplaces of cannabis and hemp. Hemp. You're listening and watching the Trenton 365 show, and we'll be back after a short break. And welcome back to the Trenton 365 show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. In the studio with me is Preston Hall. Preston is a hemp advocate. And uh, the first half of the program, or the first portion of the program, I I confess to him, and I want to confess to my listening and viewing audience as well. I think that I kind of botched up um, some of the information and may have uh, twisted things a little bit. But I want to make sure that this this is a sensitive subject. It's a huge can of worms, and it's... Once it's open, there's so much like, for us to take from this. But I want to bring this back and talk about it from, from the original perspective that I have. And that is hemp is this natural plant that has been grown in the United States and throughout the world for thousands and thousands of years. And it has thousands of different usages um, through politics here in the United States. It has been uh, demonized, we'll say, but there is a, a, a wave of people and information and evidence that's coming out to change that perception a little bit, all to the benefit of the people who can actually use this, this natural God-given plant, um, whether that's health usages. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about how it helps um, the earth itself in restoring um, the, the, the natural basis of the, of the ground when it's planted and all those different things in just a moment. But I'm sharing this because I met Preston Hall um, about a year and a half ago, and we got into a, a very detailed conversation about hemp, and my mind was blown away um, because the focus is generally on cannabis and on marijuana, but it's not necessarily on hemp. And I think that sometimes people loop those things together as I did in the past and I think that's that's not only is that 
a, a negative mindset, but that's also one that um, continues with the negative teachings of the cannabis plant and the hemp plant, et cetera. So I want to bring in uh, Preston Hall, who's going to share some some details. He's a bit of a professional uh, at this. He is an advocate, and he's going to come back. I mean, this is not going to be the first time that you get a chance to hear and see Preston Hall talk about hemp. So Preston, let, let's rehash this, right? And let's bring it back and talk a little bit about the history, um, because I think that you um, you shared you touched on, and I probably interrupted you when you touched on talking about how the politics got involved in this. And, um, and you said something that opened my eyes about this plant when it was, when it was making its, its way, becoming more mainstream. A group of people said, wait a minute, this is going to be a threat to our like, livelihood and our businesses. So they huddled together and said, no, we're going we're gonna to stop this. So can you just talk about that again? Yeah, so that was kind of around the Industrial Revolution time. Uh, manufacturing started to become very prevalent in America. And at that point, you know, hemp was being widely grown throughout the country. It was on the $10 bill at one point back in, like, 1914. You had farmers hauling stalks that are 10, 15 feet high in from the field. Before that, it was even a commodity. That's how people were paid was used, was used, was used hemp. George Washington grew it, and Thomas Jefferson was vital for our country to grow it and sow the seeds across the country. So our founding fathers were huge advocates of it. They were growing it themselves on their own. Mount Vernon just replanted their first harvest a year or so ago. So our founding fathers who deemed America what it is today knew its importance. And in 1942, when World War II was raging on, they, the government mandated farmers to grow for the war, for the war, and they were making it for ropes and for the navy, um, and just kept thriving and thriving. And eventually, people who had uh, other interests got it outlawed, and uh, so it was very prevalent. It was, uh, you can even look up Les Stark's um, book in Pennsylvania. He went through the history and made a whole book of wills that were left. And you could see that there were families leaving 10, 15 acres of sick of, of heckled hemp to their, to their children. So Pennsylvania was growing hemp like crazy. So was New York. I mean, with these vast farmlands and New Jersey being the garden state, we were a little bit of a smaller state, but we were surrounded by massive operations. And that's continuing today with Pennsylvania having unlimited licenses to grow, New York, 60 licenses. And the governors of those states are very proactive with allowing farmers to just go and grow because this is a solution to farms being sold off for redevelopment purposes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to jump in there about the, um, about the, the plant and its benefit to the earth where it's grown. Now, and, and maybe you can help me with this. What I've heard is that hemp grows very fast. And uh, because it grows so fast, there's a quick turnover on the land where it is. But it actually helps to cleanse the land of impurities. Um, so if it's a, a, I don't, I'm saying toxic waste, but not really toxic waste, but something that has an issue, a brownfield site, so to speak, um, where you can grow hemp and it helps to rechange the chemistry of the earth. Yeah. So that a term is called phytoremediation, and hemp has these roots that are very long and deep. They'll and they're very, uh, very the girth on them are huge. So they the way they go into the soil, they bring the soil together and make it stronger. So, and they are since they grow 10, 15 feet in about three months. They have a if you're in a climate where it's not like New Jersey. But you could have two or three crop rotations per year. So if you're down in Florida or like in the Caribbean, you can see this crop being grown outdoors for multiple multiple times. And depending on you, depending on how the farmer wants to grow it and who the end buyer is, it'll determine how either they choose hemp that's grown for fiber purposes. That means it'll be grown tall, 10, 15 feet high, and inside the fiber is the what you use for your clothing. The CBDs that we were talking about before, those plants are going to grow a little bit shorter but bigger and bushier. Now, hemp to make hemp successful, it's up to us and it's up to your listeners to start purchasing hemp products because farmers are only going to grow this crop if there's an end buyer. 
And the more demand that we place on this crop to be grown, we vote with our dollars. And we have to vote by choosing hemp seeds in the market, in, in Wegmans, instead of buying um, some bags of chips or some high, you know, sh- highly sugarish product. Choose your hemp seeds that are the most nutrient dense food naturally made, full of uh, hemp pro- like protein, amino acids, fiber. This, if you're a mother listening to this, you want your children to be consuming it on a nutritional level because you're going to help fight diabetes. You want your blood sugar levels to be down in your children. There's just so few options out there to feed your children healthy. And this is 100% a healthy option. And I want you to, to drill down a bit on on the um, on consuming hemp seeds. Uh, I was at a at a, a, a this huge event um, a couple of years ago about dealing with cannabis and the cannabis business in the Garden State. There were 400 people from all over the East Coast um, who are looking at New Jersey as this next opportunity for a lot of people to make a lot of money off of cannabis. One of the presenters, and, and folks who are listening and viewing audience, you can go to trenton365.blogspot.com to actually see my article on it. Um, so this took place at a country club. Uh, it was well attended, mainly by wealthy men. Um, not a lot of women, definitely not a lot of people of color. And one of the presenters is a former professional athlete um, who um, used to play for the Philadelphia Flyers. And he made a couple of statements. He said that the, this is literally the hemp plant and the seeds are literally some of the best food that human beings can consume because of the level of amino acids and also all of the benefits that are involved in that. Yeah. So Riley is a pioneer, and I highly recommend you check him out with Hemp Heels, uh, Athletes for Care, especially if you're if you're a, a parent raising children in a high impact sport. Riley is leading the way on how to manage impact sports in a healthy manner. So when he talked, and then Riley was when we're going, circling back to the phytoremediation, he was also involved in planting hemp in a refined coal mine so out in pennsylvania they hemp in the pennsylvania hemp industry council grew hemp on top of all this coal and even though the hemp didn't grow big and luscious it still grew through awful coal-filled conditions so it does show the ability to grow in desperate conditions and these seeds can Especially it's so hard to find protein in a natural form nowadays. And when you take the seeds, you can make all sorts of different edibles, not even on the cannabinoid factor. You can make muffins out of it. You can bake, there's hemp flour, hemp protein, hemp seeds. So with your protein, you can make your smoothies, you can bake with it, especially the flour you can bake with it instead of using an an enriched white bleach flour. That could be an option as well. And... And check out Riley's um, Body Check products. Highly, highly ethical and very well made. So um, yeah, definitely follow him on social. You can learn a lot from him. Mm, great. Now, um, now let's let's talk about some of those products. Um, from what I've been told, there's like a thousand plus products that can be made of hemp um, and very everyday usage types of plant uh, of products. Can you get into that a bit? Yeah. So some of the products will be, hemp's the solution to the plastic problem that we see nowadays. So when we have, we all love seafood and our seas are being contaminated and getting the getting omega-3 and 6 from fish oil is starting to be a problem, finding ethical sourcing. Now, hemp seed oil, when you take the seeds and press the seeds into an oil form, that has high omega-6 and 3. It's a very balanced source. So if you're looking for that plant version of the omegas, that's the way to go on your on your oil level. And, you know, with all the talk going on about how hemp can, the cannabis tax dollars are going to help fix infrastructures in New Jersey, it's actually hempcrete that's going to fix New Jersey. It's Hemp is literally going to rebuild it. And the way you rebuild with hemp is you take the hemp herd, which is the stalk chopped up into these little pieces, mix it with lime and water, and you have what's called hempcrete. 
and this is a thermal breathing, thermal regulating living breathing wall system. And it pulls in carbon dioxide and it gets stronger over time. Most building materials degrade in strength. Now you have options where hemp can actually, you know, you can, instead of using your toxic, toxic uh, materials in your house, you will have hemp insulation, hemp wood, wood boarding, and hemp fibers instead of the um, carbon, fi uh, carbon, carbon fiber pink uh, insulation up above. So, Hemp's actually can rebuild communities, not just tax dollars. Mm -hmm. Now, I want you to share about um, your uh, experience in Princeton just uh, recently. Uh, it was for a hempcrete uh, event, correct? So we, now we have our first structure made with hempcrete, and Princeton University was pioneering that, and I was a volunteer, so I wasn't involved in the logistics and planning of it, but this school is so bright, and it's so great to see them actually trying to use it even, take this hempcrete, idea even further. Mostly you see hemp using lime as a binder. Now what Princeton is doing is using a fungus, a mushroom, as the binder. So now you have a plant, hemp, you have your binder, which is a mushroom, and now you have water. I mean, how greener of a building material can you get? Mm -hmm. And the it looks like it's coming out great so far. Um, the, 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 the study's on its way. They still have to do some more... Re findings and research and publish their findings but we officially have our first little shed in mercer county at princeton university awesome so we've got a hemp creek shed in mercer county at princeton university yes now folks uh, that's that that in itself i think is enough to i hope stimulate you to kind of find out a little bit more about this i know i have a lot of conversations with uh, the older population in our seasoned population and who feels though their time of, you know my life is past I'm, I'm riding off into the sunset and all those kinds of things and first of all I don't think that that's you know biblical um, I, I think that you're here and you're doing what you do until you're, you check out basically but I think at least while we're here I think that we should constantly think about how we can constantly get better and progress and how we can while we're doing that how we can teach the younger generation because that's how things really get better. Not when a lot of the older people accept it, but when the older people support the younger people who are trying to do things a bit more progressive. So I say that to encourage you, if you're listening and viewing, go on the internet and check out hemp and hempcrete and what's going on with hemp in New Jersey and at Princeton University. And just in general, think about, can you switch out some of these products that you're um, consuming at home for hemp? I know, um, like Preston said, um, uh, Protein is a big issue. You know, for a long time, it was whey protein, and then it was soy protein that 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 all the local nu nutritional sites were pushing. So maybe it's time to think about: Hey, do I switch up and give a chance uh, to hemp and see? Does that help me feel a little bit better? In addition to that, like when you're buying clothes, you know, maybe if instead of buying just uh, you know your stuff at your normal local retailer, maybe spend a couple extra bucks and get some hemp gear and compare it. I mean, literally, that I know of the hemp clothing. It's everything, shoes, pants, shirts, um, and probably a lot more than that. And I also encourage you to reach out to Preston Hall on social media as well. Preston, do you have an email address you're willing to share? Yeah, uh, just email info at cannabates.com. And we'll be glad to point you any direction you're trying to go. Info at cannabates.com. Yes. All right. All right. And we've got about three minutes before we're up on a break here. Um, I do want to want you to reiterate the historical component again because I think that um, that is that to me is one of the driving forces that got me thinking about things differently. It was like, well, wait a minute, I've been force-fed all this information, believed it, and now I'm realizing that it's not really that true and or accurate. Yeah, Ben Greenfield is a uh, biohacker expert that I personally look up to, and what he liked to how he put it was, dogs adapted their genetics to embrace humans that's what cannabis has done cannabis has been grown for thousands of years even dating back to the egyptians 2000 3000 years ago hemp has been used it's been used by queens in england um in the middle east down in south america it's it's widely used and it's embraced human the human genetics so cannabis is one with humans and that's how we have to see it and our ancestors knew this and just because we got deterred by people who had other priorities doesn't negate the fact that this plant is meant for human consumption 
either therapeutically, nutritionally, or industrially. Fantastic. Preston Hall's with me in the studio for the Trenton 365 show. We'll be back after a short break. And welcome back to the Trenton 365 show. I've got Preston Hall, who is a hemp hustler, as his T-shirt shows. But he is, I, and, and I call him an expert, but he, I think that he would not say that he's an expert. I would say that he's an advocate, and he's much more knowledgeable about this than I am. So I'm, I'm hanging on to him and his different words and taking his instructions as far as different places to go and different people to talk to, like Les Stark and Ben Greenfield. We're going to look up all these people and combine some information and share it out to you so that you will be stimulated to find some information as well. Preston, um, just a couple moments ago, I was, I was saying to you about... Um, well, we were talking about the different products, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you were sharing with uh, Tyler and Naisha, my interns here, um, about uh, about what this this is. And you said it's a plant. So let's talk about that and the commodity that it is. Sure. So textile, like as you see, as you guys can see, if you're watching, I got a hemp, I got my hemp hustler T-shirt on, and this is made with a sixty forty hemp cotton blend. So. Hemp, cotton is actually one of the largest pesticide application plants out there. I think they use like 5% of the world's pesticides. It require, and it requires two or three times more water than hemp needs to grow as well. So it's a very, uh, in, it's a very resource intensive crop to grow. And we're wearing that on our skin, and you know our skin's an organ, so it's it's absorbing these pesticides and herbicides. Even though as much processing goes in with it, you're still absorbing it on some levels. And this plant, you know, we're all not experts. There's there's very few hemp people that have been using this for ten, have been using the plant for ten, fifteen years. Very few of them. So if you're out there and you feel overwhelmed by this conversation that we're having. Just whatever applies to you and you find a little bit of interest in, just start using it that way. You know, the more you learn about it and the more you use it, the more likely you'll find a good little niche for what you're awesome at. Mm-hmm. And soon maybe we'll be able, depending on what the laws come out in New Jersey, how we're able to use it, you know, we'll be able to grow in our backyards. You don't necessarily have to have a farm and grow it like profusely. And especially in New Jersey, it's going to be a little bit hard. You know, we're going to be around. I kind of see New Jersey being a research-focused state out of everywhere on the East Coast. I mean, these North Carolina, South Carolina, Pennsylvania, New York, huge land resources. But New Jersey, we're going to be a little bit smaller, more nimble. And this rain has been insane. I mean, what, we had four tornadoes or warnings <laughs> or something? <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know, go, go slow with this, New. It's, it's a marathon. You know, this is a, there's a you have a lot of time ahead of you to like experiment and learn about this plant. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about the learning and experimentation of the plant, um, this is also, as you said, that that's using it um, um, as like ingesting it, so like health wise, but then also being able to use it as as clothing, and then also there's a potential in it being used as uh, building structures. Exactly, and. Even plastics, biodegradable plastics, where these we we sell these tubes. They're called dupe tubes, and most patients use these to transport their medical marijuana. And it's a little tube that keeps it from the odor releasing. Well, a lot of petroleum-based plastics, you know, we we see what's going on with that. But with these hemp plastics, you can put them in the ground, and they biodegrade in 18 months. And you could even 3D print it as well. So. 3D printers are these machines that will print out a picture that you put into the computer and it'll build out a three-dimensional piece of plastic out of what you want to create. So the, there's they say there's 50,000 applications for it. So, Wait, did you say 50,000 applications for hemp? 50,000. Um, yeah, so The Emperor Wears No Clothes. This is a book, book written by Jack Herrera. And he was one of the pioneering hemp advocates back in the uh, decades ago. And he wrote this great book about all the different applications for it as he saw it. And it's all up to our creativity, especially, you know, hemp really only has access to the Internet for 10 years. Most of our crops have been around, have had exposure for, for to technology for decades. So hemp is really going to be playing catch up in everyone's creativity and the agricultural 
uh, processes for harvesting and processing it. We don't have any processing centers in New Jersey. And the processing center is huge because farmers can grow this plant. Well, once you grow it, what are you going to do with it? You can't, you, you actually need machinery to make the clothes, to make the plastics, to make the, the protein powder. So these, these processing and machinery is still need the supply chain to bring it from the farm to the shelf or from the farm to your doorstep from Amazon. I mean, mm-hmm. we need those and that's not available. So think about like what you're good at and how you can contribute in your own little way to this long supply chain of making this a national product, like a nas- nationally available at a reasonably economical price to make it available. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go off into the weeds a little bit and talk about this from a uh, cultural standpoint, being an African-American man. Um, you know, we always uh, hear and I think some of us have become numb to the statistics, you know, when they talk about jobs and, and uh, income inequality and these things. Um, they always break it down on who are the people who make the most money in comparison to the people who make least or less. Generally, it's always broken down between uh, the majority and the minority, which usually antiquates to whites, blacks, and Latino Hispanics. Being a person that's uh, African-American and black, um, I always look at, hey, what about this marketplace for people like myself and who look like me? There's plenty of people throughout the decades and even hundreds of years that have been shut out of opportunities to get involved in businesses, um, to uh, support businesses, to start entrepreneurial efforts, etc. Folks, this is another opportunity. This this uh, marketplace, it's here for the most part, but it's just going to continue to grow. Like I was saying earlier, we're talking $50 billion just with cannabis. And hemp has the potential to be much larger than that. So it behooves us to start thinking about how are we going to leave a legacy? How are we going to um, be a part of this wealth redistribution or this wealth distribution? So not only can more people can get involved into this game, but we can, it, can, it can be equitable. I'm not saying take anything from anyone and give it to someone else. That's not equitable. Equitable is when everyone has a fair opportunity at the same exact thing. And I believe that hemp and cannabis is that new coming marketplace. And I've been telling folks that I look at it this way. It's, it's like if someone told you that you could invest in Ford and General Motors when cars became popular, would you do it? You would be, it wouldn't even be a, you wouldn't even answer the question. Say, yeah, of course I would do it. I believe we're at the same situation right now with cannabis and hemp. And for those of you who have a moral concern about this, the morality of it, I encourage you to look a little bit deeper into that as well. Um, for those of you, I had a conversation with someone, we were talking about uh, 401ks, and I said, well, how do you know what businesses your 401k is invested in? You don't. You just get a you get a sheet quarterly or whatever. You don't know each and every dollar, where it's going, what companies it's supporting, etc. It comes down to sheer economics. And, um, and I had this conversation with someone um, who was a pastor, and I said, you know, if members of your congregation were all millionaires, I guarantee your congregation and your ministry would be a little different. I believe that the opportunity with hemp and cannabis and to be able to make money uh, is there. And at least what we should do is at least research it a bit more. You're, the barrier to entry is so much lower. And <laughs> when you're talking about licenses to grow hemp, this is a license just to acquire it. I mean, the alternative treatment centers for marijuana growing, you have to address social injustices and how you're going to be inclusive. I mean, with hemp licenses, these questions aren't being asked. So it, and there's, they're much more readily available, too. So hemp is, fe- is federally legal. Marijuana is not. So this is an industry where your the cost of entry is going to be substantially less than trying to get involved in marijuana. Mm-hmm. New Jersey. You know, you had uh, mentioned something about uh, Wegmans, um, and I think it was in reference to the hemp seeds. And um, can you, again, I want people to understand that you can go to your local um, vitamin supplement, supermarket, et cetera, and get hemp protein, hemp flour, hemp seeds, and just sprinkle them on your oatmeal or your salad or whatever and start getting some of those nutrients in your body, correct? 
Correct. And even better, you can go to cannabis.com and get it for the cheapest price possible and really eth ethically sourced, too. So I love uh, if you want to just pick it up immediately, yeah, Wegmans and Whole Foods. Those Whole Foods is probably your best shot first, and then, then go to Wegmans, too. But those are your two main uh, big grocery stores. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, for the folks who we only got a couple minutes left before uh, another quick break, Steve. Oh, for, uh, anyway, I, I want you to just address the people who are apprehensive. Because, again, this was a lot of information, and I'm sure most of the people had no idea that Jock was going to be talking to someone who's a, a hemp advocate tonight. So, like, um, and I'm going to have you come back, okay? Cool. But um, just can you just uh, condense down in those people who are apprehensive or, sh or like, uh, this sounds a little like I shouldn't be getting involved in this. What would you say to them? Uh, give it a try and start nutritionally first. I'd say... That way you don't have to worry about your drug tests, be, getting fired from your job, or feeling overwhelmed by whatever effects that the extracts produce. Nutritionally, hemp seeds and hemp seed oil. Hemp seed oil is just like um, olive oil and, and coconut oil. And hemp seeds, just like flax seeds and chia seeds. Very, the most conservative way you can start. Great. Now, um, uh, in 30 seconds or so, when, if someone starts in, in, uh, ingesting um, uh, hemp oil or whatever into their body, um, is, is it something that they're going to feel, or is it just going to be one of those things where like, oh, wow, I had more energy today? It's going to be, um, neath, I think, more energy. If you have the hemp seeds, you feel a little bit more... Um, yeah, you feel a bit more energy and feel a bit more nourished. Your body's gonna feel like ah, ah, oh, that's it. That's perfect. Preston Hall's been my guest. Um, Preston, what's your business name again? Uh, Cannabates. C A N N A B A T E S. Cannabates.com. You can go there and find out more about him. I'll have links to this, the interview, and that on the Trenton 365 social media pages. Preston, I appreciate you, man. I can't wait to have you back in. Thanks, okay? Jack. This is awesome. Oh, uh, you're welcome. You've been listening and watching the Trenton 365 show. We're up on a break, so stay tuned. We'll be back in a short minute. <laughs> and welcome back to the Trenton 365 show. Tonight, we're a little off. Uh, at least I have been, but um, that is, um, we've got a little adjustment in time here, but we're going to get through everything all together. Um, we've got Preston Hall, um, who's in the studio. Preston Hall is a hemp advocate, and he's got a business called Cannabates, and you can find them on uh, the internet. It's C-A-N-N-A-B-A-T-E-S.com, Cannabates.com. Um, those links will be on the Trenton 365 social media pages uh, within a day or so, uh, as well as this uh, interview if you want to share it from there as well. So Preston and I have been talking not only about um, hemp and uh, the cannabis plant and marijuana to an extent, but we weren't going off in that direction. We were really focusing on hemp, which is one of his specialties, talking about some of the history of it, the fact that George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and many of our founding fathers grew hemp uh, on their farmland. In addition to that, we touched on his um, personal reasons for this and, and his background a little bit. And then we talked about uh, some of the different applications of this product, uh, hemp, the, uh, and uh, not only in its form of us being able to ingest it um, to help our bodies physically, but we can also make thousands of different products out of it, including clothes and shoes and etc. But also the fact that this plant, um, the way that it grows in the earth, it does some remediation to the soil. So it's helpful only even, even with the land mass as well. And Preston recently volunteered at Princeton University where they built the first shed uh, in Mercer County of hempcrete. That's right, not concrete, but hempcrete. And uh, he's always willing to share information about that. And we met about a year and a half ago, and we've been talking about hemp and getting together and sharing this information as much as possible. Um, Preston, you were sharing about um, the growing aspects of it um, in the farmland, and you, you laid it out. You said you got Pennsylvania and then the Caribbean, state, uh, Caribbean countries and the Carolinas and uh, New York. They've just got more land mass, so they're, they're growing it like working on growing it in Pennsylvania. They've got, um, got uh, licenses that are going to be opening for anybody to, to grow hemp there. And New Jersey's a little bit more restricted. I want you to touch on that a little bit and then also on the educational component of it. 
Sure. So with New Jersey, we're, we're right now the legislature passed legislation on a state level to match the 18 farm bill because the federal bills, you had to have state bills that matched. So New Jersey did that. And now we're waiting for the USDA on the national level to approve the state program. Basically, the USDA took a pause. They're like 18 farm bill. We had to get our ducks in a line and we're going we're gonna to gather all the state's applications and do a massive like approve approval in orderly fashion so once we we're expecting that in the end of fall and now if you're a, if you're looking to get re-educated and retrained on this on this plan and wanting looking to grow it you can start looking for schools that are offering programs in horticulture or cannabis programs in general so uh, Rutgers is the leading state for agricultural growing and learning that, learning that. And Stockton has a cannabis minor program, which will probably eventually become a major as well. So you see universities um, offering programs to become um, certified in cannabis. And that's going to be the demand in this type of market. The marketplace, the employers are going to look for people with certifications. Mm-hmm. So if you're, depending, even if you're an adult or, or younger in your 20s, like trying to figure out a way to become somewhat certified and legitimized onto your resume is going to be beneficial. And that could be online programs or state programs like New Jersey. If you're a nurse if you're a nurse if you're a nurse or a doctor you need uh continuing educational credits and there are cannabis programs at uh princeton princeton hospital that will address that you can get your advanced credential i'm sorry i don't know the exact name but if you're if you need your advanced your continuing credentials for medical backgrounds you can get these specialized programs that certify you in that. And when you go into, and you're gonna start seeing people coming to the emergency room like really high on THC because these soon New Jersey's rolling out edibles, mm-hmm. and that could be very overwhelming. So if you're a nurse and you can speak to saying, "Hey, t- consume CBD on a high milligram level to help balance out your intoxicating effects of THC and how to handle patients that are over consuming too much THC with a hemp-derived product that only makes you more marketable and, and adds to your credibility and your ability to be effective in your profession. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Um, Preston, share your contact information again before we finish up. Um, Instagram on underscore Preston Hall, P-R-E-S-T-O-N-H-A-L-L, and Cannabates uh, on Instagram and Cannabates Official on Facebook, at info at Cannabates.com, and uh, new, rolling out soon, New Jersey Hemp Industries Association, Steering committees formed. You'll see uh, the New Jersey's first 501c6 nonprofit trade group coming out real soon. And what is the name of that again? The New Jersey Hemp Industries Association. Great. And uh, what's the uh, qualifications for being a member? You join the Na- the Hemp Industries Association, which is a national uh, national uh, trade group. You can join immediately and get access to all the information on a national level and access resources across the country that's fantastic the vhia.org all right preston hall thanks man i can't wait for you to come back and um you know we can maybe drive this in a particular direction and maybe i can actually get uh get out to a location you can show me uh what you know about that shit up in princeton Let's do it, Jacques. Awesome. You've been listening and watching the Trenton 365 Show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. You can send me an email, trenton365show at gmail.com. Have a great night.